welcome to the Joshua Ball Podcast. It is the year 2023. We are already almost two weeks into the new year. Are you crushing your goals? Are you pursuing the things you said you want to do this year? Or has the year hit you already in the middle of the forehead and life has already happened to you? That's something that I haven't heard talked about very much in my short amount of time on this earth. That, you know, life happens. Especially when planning your New Year's resolution or your goals or, you know, whatever it is you we think we might want to achieve. The thing that we're that's not talked about is the fact that life happens. We aren't talked to we aren't taught to take into account the variable change of life. With and that and that's internally and externally. There's so many things that can happen. There's so many things that can go unaccounted for that can totally wreck our plans, our goals. And if we aren't prepared to adjust, then uh, the tendency is to just quit, to start over later, to try again next year. Well, that's what the average person does. They just give up or they say maybe next time. Or they say, I'll try again on Monday. And to the person that tries again, I commend you. But for the people that says, oh, well, it was a nice try. Move on to something else. Remember, we don't want to be average. We want to be beyond average. We want to operate at a level that's beyond what the average person operates on. So... When life hits us in the face and knocks us down, we have to stand straight up and say, hey, you knocked me down, but I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep taking those cheap shots that life sometimes throws at us. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to absorb it and I'm going to use it as fuel, as fire to say, hey, this is what I'm going after. This goal means everything. This is what I'm pursuing and nothing is going to stop me. And when you get that mindset, when we achieve that mindset, when we achieve that discipline, when we say nothing is going to stop me from achieving the goal, from achieving and completing the assignment that I've been given, then we'll be unstoppable. With the help of the Holy Ghost, with the help of the Word of God, with the help of the covering of the blood of Jesus, with, you know, all the things that the tools that God has given us with, you know, with him, with that determination, what great things will we achieve? What new miracle signs and wonders can God use us to do? We have to account for life because life is going to happen. And life is rude. I was much older when I really realized that statement that, you know, that sometimes life gives us a rude awakening. A rude awakening. (laughs) I like that term now because life is rude. Life isn't your friend sometimes. Life isn't here to 
coddle and coo and nurture you all the time. Sometimes life is just rude. And we need that. We need someone to be rude to us sometimes. Because, you know, it's very easy to get the big head. It's very easy to not be humble when we think everybody likes us and when we think everybody likes what we're doing and we think everybody likes, you know, whatever it is we want them to like about us. But when you come across that rude person and they tell you something that's real and not only gives you the opportunity to be humbled, but it also gives an opportunity to grow. Because if we, in that moment, in that rude moment, if there's truth in the statement that someone says to us, and if we can take that truth and then use it to grow, then apply that truth to our life. That goes back to awareness. That goes back to adaptability. It goes back to humility. Things we've been talking about. Those things are foundational. I'll say it again. But life is just rude sometimes. And so we have to take a step back and really try to account for life when we're setting goals, when we're trying to achieve anything, we have to account for life. And I really learned this lesson um, when I talked about that job that I was at a few years ago. Um, I started that job and a few months later, my wife and I, we'd bought our first house and uh, I wouldn't do that again. There's no way I would buy a a home. There's no way I would make a huge purchase within the first year of me starting a new job. Why not? Because I don't know everything about that job. I don't know if I'm going to last at that job. I don't know the ins and outs of that job. I don't know what life is going to throw at me in the midst of me being at that job. There was a farmer who said that he would never buy a piece of land until he had been on the land for at least a year. That way all four seasons had the opportunity to come through. So basically what he was saying is he wanted to see how the land would would hold up in every season so in the summertime is it going to dry out in the fall is it going to wither up too soon in the in the winter is it going to because of the rain and all that is going to over flood in the uh, springtime is it going to drain like it's supposed to so he was saying that he wouldn't buy a piece of land until he had been at least a year in on the land and seen how the land was going to operate And that's so fascinating to me because that's a a principle that we can apply to our lives. And you may be wondering, how can this guy see the see the land from all four seasons if he hasn't purchased it? Well, maybe the, the seller is willing to lease the land for a year where there's a will. There's a way. If a guy really wants to sell this land and there's an interested buyer and the buyer says, hey, I want to see how the land operates before I buy it. I'm going to pay you for the year that I'm leasing the land. And if at the end of the lease, I want to purchase it, 
I mean, hey, to me as a seller, that's a win-win. I'm making money off the land already and the the potential to sell the land at the end of this lease agreement is there. So this is a profound principle that we can we can really take hold of and use in our everyday life. And this is also a principle that can be used when buying a home. I want to see how this house holds up over four seasons. When it rains, when it's cold here in Louisiana, it, it has the potential to flood. Does this land flood? Does this yard flood? How does it hold up in the summertime? How does it hold up in the wintertime? How does it hold up in the fall? We need to know these things before we just go out and buy a home. And so if a seller is really interested in selling you the home, well, maybe they'll be willing to lease it to you for a year. It's a win-win. I think we get so caught up in this mindset of traditional ways of buying and selling and we don't give the opportunity for newer ways to make an offer on purchases. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 16 in the New Living Translation says, The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. We can't be reckless in this game of life. So in the case in point of this job, say you say you're starting a new job and, you know, you're making more money you've made in your whole life. And then, you know, you go out and you make this huge purchase just like we did when I started that job. Well, no sooner than we bought our home, the landscape of this job, if I can say it like that, it dramatically changed overnight the guy that hired me they fired him and the entire dynamic of my job shifted in a split second well now I'm in the situation where I got a house to pay for now my wife and I we we are dependent on this shelter so because the dynamic of the land changed, the season changed. So when I first started the job, it was very much a harvest season. But the thing about seasons is the seasons change. And what comes after the harvest season? Winter. And I didn't understand this concept yet of seasons and, and life and wanting to see the landscape over the four seasons. And so... In my harvest, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be like this forever. Not realizing that the season has to change. And what comes after the harvest? Winter. And so what you're doing in the harvest season, you're not doing in the winter season. You're reaping in the harvest. But in the winter, and really before the winter comes, you should be preparing for winter. Why? Because that's when scarcity comes. It's cold. You're not going to be out and moving as much. Um, what do bears do to prepare to hibernate? They, they eat up a bunch of food and then for the winter time they go and they hibernate because bears understand and nature understands that, Hey, the season I'm in right now is not forever, but the next season it's coming. And what I do now to prepare for the next season is going to make or break me in most cases. And so for me, I was living in the harvest not realizing that winter was coming and winter came and it was rude because life happens. 
And so if I if I had a piece of advice for someone, whether it be goal setting, whether it be whether it be a change in the season, whether it be a new job, whether it be that next big purchase, just stop and think for a second and account for life as best as you can, because life is rude and life will happen. Life is going to happen. And life isn't fair sometimes. Life isn't fair a lot of times. But I heard a great saying that life is equally unfair to everyone. So that's what makes it fair. And that's so crazy to me to like when I first heard that quote, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it made me remember a quote that I read in my favorite book, one of my favorite books, The Go-Giver. I think I might have mentioned it on this podcast before, but if I haven't, I'll mention it now. But there was a quote that said, inside every truth and every appearance, there's a bit of opposite tucked inside just to keep things interesting. And so I thought that was so profound how, you know, life is unfair, but it's equally unfair which makes it fair. And if we can grasp that concept and we can grab a hold of of that that mindset that you know life isn't fair, but it's equally unfair, which makes it fair. So that means I have a shot. Sometimes life's going to happen to me, but if I can just keep going. If I can not make excuses. If I can just overcome the obstacle I can make it because life might not be fair but it's equally unfair I have a friend and he made this statement to me a couple years ago and it's always stuck with me he said no excuses just adjustments no excuses no excuses when life happens no excuses when things don't go the way that we planned or the way that we seen in our mind it happening no excuses only adjustments so when life happens to us and we say no excuses only adjustments that's when pivoting starts to take place okay i was going a certain way there's a roadblock i'm gonna pivot and go another way and eventually i'm gonna have to make another pivot again to go the way that i need to go to get to where i want to go no excuses only adjustments and that's how you overcome the hurdles of life And that's how you can stay persistent and consistent with a mindset that says no excuses, only adjustments. And with that mindset, life will be your oyster, not just in the physical, but even in the spiritual aspect. We will see things and we will experience things in the spirit when we say no excuses, only adjustments. A lot of people plan to read their Bible, their entire Bible in a year. But a few months gets into it and all of a sudden, you know, the Bible plan you were following, you're behind on it. And then, you know, it's just, it seems impossible to get caught up. So we just stop reading the Bible. But if we can say no excuses, only adjustments, it might take some fortitude and some tenacity to get caught up on that Bible plan But it also may take a pivot to say, okay, I might not be able to complete this plan in this year. But if I stay consistent, I will complete my Bible reading. And it might not have to overlap until next year. 
But the key is, is to not to quit. It's to keep going. It's to say, okay, life, you've invaded my plan, and now I have to make a pivot. Now I have to make an adjustment. I'm not going to make an excuse, but I will see this goal to the end. And when we face life with that mindset, nothing will be able to stop us. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. To everything, there's a season. To everything, there's a, a spring, a summer, a fall, and a winter. In nature, the spring represents the weather beginning to get warmer and trees and other plants grow new leaves. The summer represents the hottest season and has the longest, usually sunny days. In the fall, the weather becomes mild and leaves start falling from many types of trees. And the winter is the coldest season with short days. In life, spring represents birth, while summer represents youth. Fall represents adulthood, and winter represents old age and death. And this pretty much agrees with what Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time to laugh and there's a time to mourn there's a a time to heal and there's a time to kill there's a time to plant but then there's a time to pluck up what's been planted to everything there is a season and today I want to take this broad concept of seasons and I want to condense them into a mindset that we can use on a daily basis or more so in less of a broad basis because, you know, we look at seasons in, in quarters. So each season is three months long. And I want to condense that into a practice and a discipline or a application that we can use on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And the point of this is to simply, you know, gauge where we are in our life. It's just a simple gauge to say, okay, in this area of my life, this is where I'm at. In that area of my life, this is where I'm at. And it's just a way to to tell a quick truth and to see if we're making the progress in our lives that we want to make. So we have our definitions of the four seasons. Spring represents something new, something fresh. It's almost refreshing when spring comes around and the winter's fading away, and uh, as we steady go into summer and the days get warmer, there's just something refreshing about spring. Summer represents vibrancy, energy. Things are going on. Things are happening in the summertime. Fall represents, you know, starting to settle down just a little bit. There's a harvest coming in. There's still work to be done, but we're starting to reap the rewards of our of our efforts. And, you know, winter represents things slowing down, things, you know, not as much energy, not as much vibrancy. Winter represents, I don't want to say death, but things might not be going as good in the wintertime as it is in other seasons, okay? And from there, I want to discuss four areas of life that I think we would all agree are very important. The first area being spirituality. The second, our health. The third, our relationships. 
and the fourth, our wealth. I think that we would all agree that if those four areas of our life are going good or going the way that we want them to go, then life's pretty good. Life's going down a very good track. So now I want to introduce this concept of the seasons and intertwine it with these four areas that potentially will give us a good life. And I'm simply going to do this by asking a question, starting with spirituality. What season am I in in my spirituality, in my walk with God? Am I in a a refreshing season? Am I in a vibrant season? Am I in a season of harvest? Or is my relationship with God in a winter season? This quick examination of the season we might be in is to serve as an awareness tool. It's an opportunity for truth. It's an opportunity to be honest and say, this area of my life is going great. Or this area of my life isn't going as well as I want it to. Maybe in your spiritual walk right now, you know, the Lord's really moving and he's really speaking. He's really giving revelation. Or maybe you're a new convert and maybe you've just been baptized in Jesus' name and you just received the Holy Ghost. That's new. That's refreshing. And maybe, you know, it's a summertime for someone. You know, the Lord's been using you to minister or your calling is manifesting itself and Now you're stepping into that and you're moving and God's using you. That's the summer season. And maybe you've been in this for a while and, you know, it's a harvest season for you. But the winter for some people can be different. A winter for someone might be maybe you haven't been reading your Bible as much. Maybe you haven't been fasting. Maybe you haven't been praying. And carnality has set in. And that can produce a winter season. But also, a time of breaking can cause a winter season. Maybe you've been doing everything you know to do, and God has been silent. Maybe it's just a time of breaking, and it's caused you to question and to really wonder, where am I supposed to be? Where are you, God? Because Moses, he was on a mountaintop, and we always relate a mountaintop experience to maybe a harvest season or a summer season. But the Bible says that Moses was on the mountaintop and a cloud set on the mountain. So when the cloud set on the mountain, the view becomes very, very limited. He can only see the cloud. He can't see or hear or really experience the mountaintop like we would normally want to experience a mountaintop instead of the mountaintop becoming a place or a season of harvest or of summer or of spring refreshing it becomes a winter because now Moses is on the mountaintop all along and God isn't speaking and so he's on this mountain wondering where are you God am I where I'm supposed to be Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I know I heard you. I know I understood the assignment and I heard the assignment. But now it seems like this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And God let Moses sit on that mountain for days before he finally moved, before he finally said anything. 
So if you're in a winter, I want to let you know that it might be just a season of breaking. It might just be you're on a mountain and God wants to see what you're going to do in the midst of a cloud. But be encouraged. After the winter comes the spring, comes something new, comes something refreshing. And if you're in a winter in your spirituality, in your walk with God right now because of carnality, be encouraged as well. Because when we do the right things, when we do the things God asks us to do, he will then draw closer to us, just as he's done before. And a newness, a new anointing, a refreshing word, a refreshing move of his spirit can then enter our lives. And then he will use our efforts to move us out of the winter that we put ourselves in and then move us again into the spring and then move us again to his presence and then move us again into his will and his calling for our life. But the winter season isn't always bad. It's in the winter that we're supposed to rest. It's in the winter when we see nature really slow down because we need rest. We have a tendency to get caught up in the work, but God also called us to rest. The Sabbath was established for a reason. And so this winter season that we might be in is simply because God's saying, hey, you need to rest. Because I can tell you burnout is real. When burnout sets in, if we're just being honest, we're not as effective as we would be if we had just rested. And so the winter is not always bad. The winter is also meant for rest. The land needs to rest. In Exodus chapter 23 and in Leviticus chapter 25, the Bible talks about the land needing to rest for a year. Specifically in Exodus 23 verse 11, it says that for six years you are to sow your land and gather its produce. But in the seventh year, you must let it rest. And so if God wants this physical land, the grass, the fields to rest, how much more does he want us to rest? So the winter season it has a time and it has a purpose. And if we we grab hold of the purpose and we understand what the season is for that we're in, then we will be much better in the season. And then we can also begin to rightfully plan for the next season when we realize that the season that we're in right now has a purpose. And that's the area of spirituality. There are things that happen in the spirit world or in the spiritual aspect that we couldn't control even if we wanted to. But for the other three areas, those are physical. Our health, our relationships, and our wealth. We have more control over those areas than we have control over the spiritual. So with that being said, we play a bigger part in the season that we're in, in our health and our relationships and in our wealth. So the process is the same. Asking the question, in my health, what season am I in? Am I in a spring? Am I in a summer? Am I in a fall or am I in a winter? Maybe for you, it's the start of the new year and you are determined to get your health in order. Well, you feel revitalized, you feel refreshed. So you're, you might be in a spring season and then 
you know, as the year goes by and the summertime comes around, you're feeling more energetic. You got a lot more energy. And as the year continues to go on, maybe you achieve that that ideal goal, that ideal weight you want to achieve, and that's your harvest. But life happens. And maybe you're a person that has done all the right things. You've, you exercise, you eat right, and still cancer happens, or still a tumor forms, or maybe you get shingles. Life is unpredictable, and there's always that chance for variable change. But for the most part, if we're doing things that we know are correct, chances are life's going to work out. And in this this area of your health, I have a friend, and she says that vacation calories don't count. And to some degree, we should splurge. We should you know, enjoy life. That's also in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But when vacation calories become everyday calories, when McDonald's becomes a constant source of nourishment instead of eating healthy, well, the winter of our health is a result of our choices. And yeah, we can do things to turn it around, to live better and do better and eat better. But what if we wait too late? What if that sudden heart attack comes out of nowhere? What if that blood pressure spikes and it's too late to do anything? What if your kidneys fail? There are a lot of things that we can do to prevent a winter in our health. And so the question becomes, am I doing what I need to do to prevent the winter? To prevent a strong winter, to prevent a worse winter that it would have been had I taken care of myself. Because there's no doubt that winter is coming. People get sick all the time, the flu, the cold, COVID, whatever. Winter's coming. But if we're taking preventative measures to make sure the winter isn't as strong and as severe as it could be, I think that's what will make the difference. And continuing in the area of our relationships and our love life. What season is my love life in? What season is my my marriage in? What season am I in with my family, with my friends? This area is very important. How I'm interacting with people and how people are interacting with me. It makes a huge difference because if my only relationship is with my dog, that's a recipe for a bad life. Our relationships can make or break us. We can be around the wrong people and it totally spiral our life out of control. We can be around too many people sometimes. There are times where we have to take a break from people, especially if you're an introvert. I am a learned extrovert. I am a natural introvert, which means I can operate in both arenas to a certain point. At a certain point, I have to be around somebody or I'm going to go crazy. At another point, if I'm around too many people for too long, for uh, an extended amount of time, I need to just go into my fortress of solitude and just be alone for a minute. And that's okay. That's totally okay. But what's not okay? 
what will cause a winter in your life is an imbalance in the relationships. Say you love that girl or that guy too much and the relationship doesn't work out and all of a sudden suicide crosses your mind and you can't live without this person. That's an imbalance of, of the relationship that's causing the winter to come and it and making that winter more severe than it could have been. On the flip side of that is maybe we're not committed enough. Maybe we're more selfish than we like to admit. Each relationship is like spring break or a summer fling where, you know, we're just around and we're out and we're dating a lot of people at one time. And that's a recipe for disaster as well. We have to find that that equilibrium. We have to find that autumn, so to speak, that harvest where we put in the time and we and when we've put in the effort in to our relationships and now we're starting to see the fruit but remember all seasons must come so say in our marriage it's great it's new we might be newlyweds we're in the spring of our marriage summer's coming fall is coming and hey when that first fight comes when she doesn't put the toilet paper on the roll or he doesn't fold those towels like you like it, winter's coming. Maybe you're that guy or that girl living it up on spring break and with those summer flings, winter's coming and it might be a rude awakening. But it's how we prepare for winter. It's how we prepare for the next season that makes or breaks our relationships. And finally, in the area of wealth, maybe you feel like you were born in a winter. And there might be some truth to that. But each season has to come. It's a must. It's inevitable. So what we do when the spring comes, what we do when the summer comes, and most importantly, what we do when the harvest comes, will dictate how severe the next winter will be. And this, of course, goes back to the choices that we make. If my efforts in the summer season produce a great harvest, but I then take that harvest and I spend it on something that's useless, that's meaningless in the long run, that's going to depreciate, that's a liability, that's not going to produce dividends or a return on my investment, that's a less than ideal way to spend my harvest. This also goes back to health, because health is actually a form of wealth, because the healthier we are, the more energy we can put into different efforts to potentially make more money. And so health in itself is a form of wealth. And if we're using our wealth to, in turn, make our health better, then we're becoming more wealthy. And an example of this is LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body. He makes sure he eats the right food. He has the right coaches. He has the right workout regimen. And in return, he's played in the league longer and is still performing at the top of his game. And so having great health is a great return on your investment. Another thing we have to consider in this area of wealth is 
what is the cost going to be for me working that job, for me working those crazy hours, for me not being able to see my family or having the relationships that I want to have? How is it going to affect my health from the wear and tear on my body? And what is the work environment like? Is it an environment that's conducive for me to have a great relationship with my Lord and Savior? Or will it be a stumbling block of temptation? Each of these four areas of the good life can dramatically affect the other areas. And what might be a harvest in one area could cause a severe winter in another. And that's a testament to all four of the areas. If one of the areas is off balance, it will cause an imbalance in the other three areas. It's not until we try to achieve an equilibrium in our spirituality, in our health, in our relationships, and in our wealth that we can truly try to live this good life. And I believe that's what God wants us to strive for and to try to achieve. In a perfect world, we could achieve it, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world. We are filled with sin. We are filled with evil thoughts. And if not for the Holy Ghost, if it were not for the Word of God, for the blood of Jesus, we would be headed to a place we were destined to be. So in reality, when we were born, when we were brought into this world, we were born in winter because we were immediately born into sin. But God said, no, I'm going to establish some seasons to your life. That way you can know me and I can know you intimately. And then I can make a way for you to not have to go to the place that you were destined to go. Life is full of seasons and different times. But each season and each time has a purpose. So as we go into our churches this Sunday, let's go with purpose. And no matter what season you're in, whether it be spiritual, whether it be health, wealth, relationally, Go with the mindset that says, hey, I realize I'm in this season right now, but I can start now to prepare for the next season. And ask God. Be real with God. Be real with yourself. Where do I go from here? What do I do next? God, give me the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding to say, hey, I realize this is where I am right now. And I want to be in a better position when the next time and the next season comes. So, Lord, I need you. I need your counsel. I heard Sister Vesta Mangan say, whatever we don't go to God for counsel for, hell is then authorized to counsel us. I don't know about you, but I don't want the counsel of hell. I want the counsel of Jesus Christ, the righteous, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega. I want his counsel. I want his knowledge and his understanding to be prevalent and to be evident in my life. So as we wrap up here, we hope you guys have a great weekend. We hope that you guys go into your churches full of purpose, full of drive, full of life, ready to progress, ready to not stay the same, to propel yourself forward with the help of the Holy Ghost. We love you all and we will see you soon.